Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit hopechurchmemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. Well, we're beginning a new series called In Training. You have seen the logo, and you notice the I-N being uh, set apart because we're all in training. That's what God is doing for us, recognizing the divine in discipline. Often we do not recognize the divine in discipline, so we are looking at this series, launching it today in training because we're all in training for something. I'm going to draw an imaginary line right here. This is a sidewalk, and this is an imaginary line. I hope I don't fall. Imaginary line, and right here is the busy street. This is the busy street behind the imaginary line, a very busy street. Now, I'm about to cross the street. And then I crossed the street. What did I just do? I looked both ways. Somebody trained me to do that. You know why they trained me to do that? To prevent danger. To prevent danger. Because that's what training is. Divine discipline. We remember the divine and discipline. It is preventive training. Preventive training. I had a friend of mine, I would not call his name, uh, but I use a pseudonym to protect their anonymity. He had four children. And teaching his four children, he taught them never to get in the car with strangers. We call that today stranger. You got it. He had four kids, and uh, he decided not only to tell them, but to teach them. In order to teach them, he asked a friend to help him teach their children not to get in the car with strangers. His son was walking home one day. His son loved German shepherds, by the way. And uh, this friend came along while he was about a third of the way home from school. And uh, he drove by, rolled down the window, and he said, hey, Matthew, how you doing? Matthew looked over. He said, I'm a friend of your dad's. How was school today? How's your dad doing? Matthew was answering him. He said, listen, you don't have to walk home. Why don't you get in with me? I know where you live. I visited your dad's house before. You can play with the dog along the way. And Matthew got in the car and took him home. Later that evening, they were finishing their day. Uh, Mike came to his son and said, hey, Mike, uh, Matthew, um, how was your day? He talked about his day. He said, how did you come home? He said, well, one of your friends brought me home. He said, did you know him? He said, no, but he said he's one of your friends. Had you ever met him? He said, no, I hadn't, but, and then it dawned on him. So you got in the car with someone you didn't know, would have been talking about. Now, what was his dad trying to teach him? Preventive training, preventative danger. And that's what we want to look at here today, because what God has in mind in training us, we're all in training. I, I want to expand your thinking 
about God's training of us and looking at the divine in um, discipline. Hebrews 12.5 said it this way, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. This can also be and is applicable to daughters as well. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he hates. Wake up the person next to you. No, the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he punishes every son or daughter that he receives. So endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. Furthermore, we had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. <clears throat> Shouldn't we also submit even to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them. But he does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been what? Trained by it. Those who have been trained by it. Here's the sermon in a sentence, God the Father, child trains us to prevent hurtful consequences from bad choices and to prepare us for unpredictable circumstances ahead. How many of us have lived long enough to know that life is unpredictable? Well, God is in the middle of training us to prevent negative consequences from bad choices and to prepare us for unpredictable life circumstances that lie ahead. We can't see them, but he can. Most people think that discipline is simply punishment for doing something wrong, but it is way, way more than that. In fact, most discipline is not because I have done something wrong. So if you are enduring hardship, let me say clearly, please understand that God is not trying to tear you down. He is trying to train you up. Let me say that again. I don't know what hardship you may be going through right now in the room or online, but I do know this, that God the Father is not <clears throat> trying to tear you down. He's trying to train you up. And I want to look at these three principles coming out of the Hebrew passage, and then we'll come to the table for communion. The Greek word for discipline means to child train. Padeo means to child train. It is the picture of a parent training a child or a teacher instructing a student or an apprentice who is instructing a protege. It means to child train. And generally, God does it using these three things. One is preventative training, protecting us from danger. 
Two is corrective training when we have erred or sinned or made a bad choice. And three is reformative training. That is to reform our beliefs and our behavior. So whenever God is training us, whenever I am going through a period of discipline, then he is doing it generally using these three things. One is preventative training, protecting us from some danger. Two, corrective training. That is when we have erred or sinned or made a bad choice. And then reformative training. That is to reform what we believe so it will reform what we behave. We'll be exploring this later on uh, in the series. But here is two. Training or divine discipline is designed to be a family affair. It's designed to be a family affair. You notice in the text it says, and you have forgotten the exhortation that he addresses you as sons, my son, or again, daughter. That's a family affair. Do not take the Lord's child training lightly or lose heart or give up or blame him when you are reproved by him. For the Lord child trains the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. This is a family affair. So endure suffering as child training because God is dealing with you as sons, daughters, a member of the royal family. It's a family affair. When I was a child, I got a Christmas present one year. It was a red three-speed bike. <clears throat> now, I'm dating myself when I say three-speed bike. Some of our young people are saying, what? <laughs> it was a red three-speed bike. <clears throat> Rode it all day that Christmas day, enjoyed it, and uh, left it on the porch, gonna ride it the next morning, and uh, got up the next morning, it was gone. And I went back in the house. My dad said, I thought you were going to ride your bike today. And I just, <sighs> it's not there. He said, what do you mean it's not there? I said, somebody stole it. It's gone. He said, you left it in the garage, right? I said, no, sir. I left it on the porch. Didn't I tell you to leave it in the garage? He said, yes, sir. He said, well, you go find that bike. <sighs> so I went. And I, I, I went from South Hall to Crofton, nine blocks, up and down. Everybody I knew, people I went to school with, I say, please help me find my bike. And if you took it, just bring it back. My dad is not, uh, uh, ooh, I, I got to find that bike. I went to Charles Ray. I went to Benny. I went to Clint. I went to Blue. I went to, I went to everybody and couldn't find my bike. And I uh, got home. He said, you found it? I said, no, sir, I couldn't find it. He said, I'm going to give you to tomorrow. You better find that bike. You know how I slept? Ooh, great trepidation. <laughs> oh, that was a horrible night. Got up the next morning, and um, he said, um, go look in the truck. He had a camper, Ford uh, truck, and lift the cover. And I went in, lifted the cover, and guess what I found? 
my red bicycle. I was so, so glad that I found it. I wish he had whooped me, though. Because to spend that night in trepidation, trying to find my bike. Ah, now look, he knew that I did not appreciate the value of things, nor the hard work it took to get them. I was easy come, easy go. But it was a family affair. So as a son, he's trying to train me for better things ahead. In fact, the King James Version uses this passage and uses the word chastens or chastises. It's where we get our word chase from. So whom the Lord child trains, he chases. Isn't that a great picture? He chases us down because he loves us so much to catch us in order to prevent us from making bad choices and suffering negative consequences. Chases us down in order to prepare us so that we will be able to endure the unpredictable circumstances of life. And then lastly, discipline's purpose is love and guidance. Discipline's purpose is love and guidance because God wants to guide me. Punishment by God is not because of revenge and anger. That, that's not how he deals with our sins. Thank God he doesn't. In fact, the psalmist reminds us how God deals with us and our sins. Psalm 103 says, this. It says, the Lord is compassion and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquity. If you're sitting here today, you can say amen to that. Thank God he has not repaid us according to our iniquities. God's punishment is not punitive. It's not vengeful. It's not out of anger. It's designed to train us. Don't forget the divine in discipline. Let me read this story and I'll bring us to the table. It's an excerpt by the 19th century preacher, A.W. Tozer, and he is commenting and quoting a sermon by Samuel B. Rutherford of the 16th century, and he writes this. Samuel Rutherford, 16th century pastor, shouted in the midst of serious and painful praise, but his shout was, praise God for the hammer, the fowl, and the furnace. He said, the hammer is a useful tool, but the nail, if it had feelings and intelligence, would present another side of the story. For the nail knows the hammer as only a brutal, merciless enemy who pounds it into submission. The nail's view is accurate, except for one thing. The nail forgets that both it and the hammer are servants of the same carpenter. It is the sovereign right of the carpenter to use the hammer 
and push the nail into place that pleases him for his purposes. If the nail remembers that the hammer is held by the same carpenter, resentment will slowly disappear. The foul is more painful still. Rutherford goes on to say, for its business is to bite into the soft metal, scraping and eating away at the edges till it has shaped the metal to its will. It is the master and not the file. It is the master and not the file that decides how much should be eaten away, what shape the metal will take, and how long the painful process will continue. The furnace is the worst of all. It is ruthless and savage. It leaps at every combustible thing that enters it and never relaxes until the fury has reduced it all to shapeless ashes. When everything is melted, then the furnace comes down. Rutherford goes on to say it is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. He states that this generation has become too soft. Our hymns and our sermons create for us a religion only of consolation. We overlook the place of thorns, the cross, the blood, and ignore the function of the hammer and the file and the furnace. He is reminding us that we are in training. And God is training us for something much greater. So whatever you're going through right now, don't forget the divine indiscipline. We are in training because God the Father is training us like a child so that it will prevent us from suffering negative consequences of bad choices, but also prepare us for unpredictable life circumstances that are ahead. Let's pray together. Gracious God, our Father, thank you for reminding us about how you train us, be it far from our minds, that you are punitive, and vengeful and angry. In fact, most of your child training is not even because of our wrong. It's way, way more than that. So we ask that you would help us to remember that whatever hardship we are going through now, you are child training us, not trying to tear us down, but to train us up. In fact, as we get ready to come to the table, may we remember all of the preventative training, corrective training, and reformative training that you have given us so that we can thank you afresh as we come. In the name of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, even Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openeisen, Musical Worship Director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, 
videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.